Welcome to Disclaimers Aside, a podcast where I share the raw and honest stories of people in my community, Disclaimers Aside. I'm your host, Aisada Amadou, and let's dive into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back and happy friday as usual i'm recording this episode on a friday and i'm super excited for today's episode because we are going to have our first ever official guest we are going to be having tahiri also known as sincerely tahiri on youtube she is a content creator with a youtube channel of 7,000 subscribers and she posted her first video in 2016. It was a classic get to know me tag. Y'all already know. If you guys were on YouTube back in 2016, tags were the thing. I first discovered her channel when she posted her video on modest fashion essentials in 2019. I absolutely loved that video and I got so many tips from it. She posts tons of content across platforms from YouTube to Instagram to TikTok, and her content is always such high quality. You can tell from everything that she posts that she puts a lot of thought and care into what she puts out into the world and what she creates. And that's what kind of why I look up to Tahiri as a content creator. She's honest and relatable, but also creatively groundbreaking. She loves to support and uplift the Black Muslim community through her content, which I think is so important because as a content creator, your job is not only to create, but also to inspire and uplift. So with that, let's go ahead and dive into the meat of the episode. Assalamu alaikum, Tahiri. Thank you so much for being here, first of all. I'm so excited. So first of all, how are you doing this week? Doing well. Um, we're about to go into the holiday time. So it is a little hectic in regards to like partnerships and reaching out to brands and filming and stuff. I'm also coming out of like a little rut, had the little fall blues for a minute. I'm not fully back, but I'm I'm present enough. So yeah, I'm just trying to get back into the swing of filming and trying to plan everything out before it gets too, too crazy. No, yeah, for everyone who isn't a content creator or is not like familiar with the behind the scenes, quarter four is like the biggest time of year in terms of like sponsorships and collaborations. So it's kind of a lot that you have to get prepared for because it's like the holiday time. So ad investors and different brands, like they want their products to be promoted because they know people will actually buy them. Yeah, it's a little weird for me because I'm definitely (laughs) anti-capitalist. So sometimes I could really, I could care less about some of these brands. I'm being so honest. And I try to make sure that I work with brands that I really, really love and mess with, specifically if they're like, you know, Muslim owned, women of color owned. Those brands I love partnering with for this time of year, but it does get a little bit tricky because I am Muslim. So I have to be very strategic and creative when I'm promoting things because I don't celebrate Christmas. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, get the sale, get the discount, you know, get the little set or the kit, but you know, still appealing to all of my audiences. No, that's good. That's really good that you keep that in mind. I think it's so important as a content creator to like make sure that you are always keeping your morals in mind, especially as Muslim content creators. Like those checks, they can seem so appealing, but once you lose like your audience's trust, you can never gain that back. You really can't. And we don't get as many opportunities to make mistakes as other people. Like cancel culture only works if you're black. Everybody else is fine. 
No, exactly. This week is definitely an overwhelming week for me. Like, I'm in college and it's like week eight of the 10 week quarter. Oh my gosh. So it's a very, it's a very busy time. And this week especially was a lot just because like I had a lot on my plate in terms of school and then with my internship. Your internship looks so cool. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. No, I'm alhamdulillah. Like I'm so lucky to have gotten something like that where I can like use kind of the skills that I learned on YouTube and like actually like make a difference like in the community, which I love. So look at Allah making the way. Right? Like, it's such a blessing, honestly. So then my next question is, what is an intention you want to set for this upcoming week? Hmm, that's such a good question. Um, My intention, I feel like, not just for the rest of the week, probably for the rest of the year and even going into 22, is that I am doing amazing. But there are definitely things that I can do a little bit better. Um... And just being a bit more mindful about what I consider success is very easy to have other people's definition of success, whether that be numbers, whether that be brand deals and sponsorships. But for me, success is always like just being true to myself, being true to my audience. That's what's most important. So just having that balance of giving myself grace, but also knowing, okay, Tahira, you know what you can do. You know you can do a little bit more. You can push yourself a little bit more. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to for the rest of this week. But it was also about to be the holidays. So like I said, the balance of resting and doing well. That's what I'm trying to get together. No, honestly, like, I love that because I feel like when you find success outside of like monetary standards, you just don't get burnt out. You're a lot more peaceful. It's just... It's really not it letting the numbers get to you at the end of the day. Capitalism is the devil. <laughs> so I just have to keep reminding myself that like there is more than just money and followers or whatever. And being a highly marginalized creator, there are a lot of things that are just outside of my control. And there are certain levels of success, quote unquote, that I'll never reach. You know, Allahu Alam, but I'm okay if I'm just being true to myself. Everything is a lost plan at the end of the day. Period. God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> Drake really snapped with that. Yeah, for me, my intention, because next week it is Thanksgiving and I'm going home for the first time. I'm so excited. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah, it's an exciting time. I wouldn't admit it to my family, but I actually do miss my family. I'm the same way. I feel very weird telling them like I miss them, but it's only when I see them and even though there's like chaos and like children running around and like all types of nonsense, it, it still feels like home, you know? I was talking to my sister yesterday and I was like, I miss you. And she's like, I miss you too. I'm like, wow, I don't think I've ever actually said like I miss you to my sister. Like, That's so cute. What do you guys do for Thanksgiving? I know like Muslim people are very weird when it comes to thanksgiving like my family we don't really celebrate it's just because we're all off and so it's like okay you might as well cook <laughs> you know for me thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays um just because i love like spending time with family but basically what we do is one of our other mauritanian friends she kind of hosts thanksgiving and she invites a lot of like different families in the Maurit mauritanian community so it's like this really big gathering it's kind of like potluck style so 
everyone kind of brings food. Yeah, it's great. And I feel like it's such a great time to just feel like rooted in the Mauritanian community since it's so small. But that's why I personally love it. It really is a great time. So I feel like for me, my intention for this upcoming week is like, since I am going to be going home, I really want to be present in the week and like, actually like spend quality time with my family and with my friends and all of that. That's so true. You need sometimes just that reset um, and also showing them that they are important to you just as much as whatever other stuff you have going on. It's very easy for people when they are caught up in things, whether it be work or school, to kind of neglect their interpersonal relationships. But those are really the things that carry us through when we're having those moments of like burnout or being stressed, you know? It's really important to just like make time, I think, to like foster your relationships like outside of work because like that's how you that's how you like refuel yourself so give us a two minute elevator pitch about yourself oh my gosh um (laughs) um hi my name is tahira but i go by sincerely tahiri on the internet i am a plus size hijabi model content creator youtuber uh comma 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 um i make beauty content lifestyle content modest fashion content um all of the stuff i make kind of have that feeling of self-love self-care and just a little bit of god in there because i'm always talking about the lord yeah that's me no honestly something i admire about you is that you're always hustling and i think it's also really refreshing like to see someone who isn't just like about one thing like i feel like youtube used to be all about like find your niche and like stick to it yes oh my god yeah i love how it's changing and like you can make different content and still be successful i definitely am somebody that is um you know multi-hyphenated and i've always liked doing a bunch of things i've always been into everything and alhamdulillah i've always been blessed at a lot of different things and so the idea of like compartmentalizing different parts of myself didn't make sense and I don't do it in real life and I didn't want to do that on the internet it does make things a little bit complicated but I mean I wouldn't have it any other way no exactly and the people that like are invested in you and like want to see your content what you put out there they'll be there for whatever content you put out the question that I like to ask every guest is disclaimers aside what is one unpopular opinion you have this is so easy um tiktok is the devil's app It is the devil's playground. Oh God, that app. I can't wait until it disappears. Oh my God, it's so demonic. Yes, you did a live stream about this. Hashtag Sincerely Sunday gang. We have so much fun over there. Love doing Sincerely Sundays. Yeah, I could not agree more. And if you guys are not familiar with um, Tahiri's like live streams, you guys gotta hop on it. It's every Sunday, it's a good time. I really do love it. I'm like not the type of person to go to live streams, but I go to those because I'm like, it's going to be a good time. Oh, I appreciate you. Yeah, live streams can be very intimidating, even for me doing them. Um, But I love just talking to my followers because it helps foster that relationship versus talking at them, which sometimes it feels like with, you know, posting on social media and stories and whatever. It's like, okay, so we're talking to each other. Yeah, we've had so many conversations about TikTok and I just feel like it's not a fun time. It's like highly seductive 
because you know so many people are on there so many people can go viral um you can find so many interesting things for people to talk about and i understand that it carried a lot of people through the pandemic i wasn't that girl i didn't i mean it's still it's still a pandemic but i wasn't somebody that was on tiktok during quarantine i got on afterwards and i can tell that i missed the train, like I'm late to the party because by the time I got there, it already is a hot ass mess. It really is. Um, I, I definitely think there are pros and cons to the app, but overall, like I'm the type of person where I like long form content more than short form content anyways. So I don't see it something being super long term in my life, but I guess we'll see the longevity of the app. That's something that I'm interested to see. Like, will this be an app that actually like lasts for a long time or is it gonna die? Yeah, I wonder because there hasn't been any app that has taken over the spot of Vine until TikTok came along. That's true. Switching gears and like going back to back in the day, who was an OG YouTuber you used to watch? I'm definitely an OG YouTuber. Um, I've been on, I've had my channel since I was 12. So yeah, I've... I've watched so many people. Exactly. I literally was there through so many phases, so many shifts, um, and I've watched so many different types of YouTube. But I would say that somebody that definitely was an OG staple in my subscription box was Dina Tokyo. I don't think any hijabi went a week without watching a Dina Tokyo video, whether it be a hijab tutorial, a styling video, a chit chat, whatever. Oh my God, I ate up anything Dina Tokyo did. Ah, what an icon. She truly paved the way for all of us. No, she really did. And I almost wrote down Dina Tokyo actually. So I'm glad I put down a different YouTuber. Who did you put? I put this other hijabi named Omaya Zane. Oh my gosh. I remember her. Right? Is this bringing up an unlocked memory? Because, like, I used to love her hijab tutorials back in the day. The UK girlies, they really gave us what we needed to give. Like, the crazy styles, the layers, the volume. I don't know why we all wanted to look like that. But the UK girlies gave us what we needed. They truly had the entire hijabi game on their backs. No, it was honestly such an era. I wonder what they're doing. I mean, I know Dina Tokyo is a mom. I actually was a pretty consistent like viewer of hers up until recently. Like when she had her first Shahana, I was still watching her. But now that she has like two kids, she has like a home renovation page and like she's married and she grown, she in her 30s. I'm like, oh, okay, this might not be the space for me anymore. But like, I still follow her. I'm still subscribed to her. Like, I love you, girl. You know, wishing you the best. I have to say like, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't, I'm not a fan of like family channels. I get that. Maybe it's just because it's like too many stages ahead of me. I can't get behind it. I think it can take you out of the realistic feel that people love about YouTube because you're just like living your life and you're seeing somebody, even if they're older than you or different from you in ways that you can physically tell, it's different when they bring up a whole human being that they gave birth to. You're just like, okay, <laughs> my bad. I don't go here. So you mentioned that you have been on YouTube since you were literally 12. Oh my God, yes. What made you decide that you wanted to start a channel? Um, well, I was a very creative child. I've always been a creative person. Like I grew up singing and dancing. 
um, performing, playing piano, writing songs, all of that. So I knew that I wanted to share my creativity in some type of way. But also at the age of 12, I was in middle school and I was also very depressed. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was bullied. Um, I was very uncomfortable with myself and literally with my existence. So I was like, okay, I can't find anybody around me that I really feel connected to or that appreciate me or think that like my jokes or my emo taste in music and clothes are cool. So why not just put it on the internet with there are like millions of other people who I hope would think that I'm a little bit um, interesting. So that was the start of it. And I originally just put out covers of songs for like the first two years of my YouTube channel. That's all I did. Wait, really? Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> Evil ass covers. I had like a little karaoke machine that my mom bought me for Eid. And I would just sit there with my band t-shirts, singing on the internet. I was doing all time low songs. I did the scientist by Coldplay, like sleeping with sirens. I literally was just singing my little heart out in my room. I had like these pink walls. Oh my God. It was really a time, a moment. You have so many talents. I remember too, growing up, there was always, at least for me, there was always instilled like beware of the internet. But I feel like, you could get out of the internet sometimes what you can't get out of real life. I grew up the later half of my life in Orange County, not a lot of Muslim people. So I really found my inspiration for like modest fashion and stuff from the internet, like watching hijabi tutorials, watching lookbooks. And then also I loved reading all throughout growing up and not a lot of people would read or like like talking about reading by the time I was like in middle school and high school and that's how I kind of got into watching booktube videos and I found a community on the internet when there wasn't one kind of around me. That's my favorite part about the internet actually. There are a lot of parts that are very very concerning and worrying but ultimately if you ever feel that you are too weird or too strange or too big or too loud or too quiet for wherever you are at physically, there's always someone somewhere on a pocket of the internet that loves the exact same things that you do. And for me as a kid, it was very empowering to know that I could be not whoever I wanted to be, but truly just be myself in a way that I felt like I wasn't allowed to in my real life. The only sad part about me being over the on the internet that long is I actually never got into booktube until like maybe four or five years ago, even though I was heavily reading at that time. Like I remember I would go to the library with my neighbor and we would get books. She also had a library in her house, AKA her bookshelf. And shout out to my neighbor, Becky. I literally used to like steal her books. I love her, she knows this, but <laughs> she's very aware. But she used to give me her books to read and I just never even thought about booktube on the internet. So wow, I missed out on that. No, I agree. Cause like, I was the same. I was on YouTube, like larger YouTube. And I didn't really fall in love with YouTube until I discovered BookTube, but it was kind of like a pocket back in the day. Yes, very, 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 very niche. Nowadays, I feel like with BookTok, like reading is becoming more mainstream and like it's embedded. Like I'll see even like other lifestyle creators start to like talk about the books they're reading and their vlogs and stuff. They're books from 2015. <laughs> no, literally. The <laughs> it's so funny because like people will be on BookTok and acting like 
their recommendations are like these revolutionary discoveries but it's like the booktube community has been preaching about this book since like five years ago yes like girl that's akatar this you're talking about akatar like get over it we're obviously on to jennifer l armentrout like keep up come on exactly i literally read akatar when i was in middle school Girl, what was you reading Akatar in middle school for? You know, you know, your girl had to grow up a little bit quickly. Girl, the things that Wattpad <laughs> put us on, Wattpad and Tumblr are solely responsible for all of us having mental health issues, I swear. Oh my God. Yeah, I've truly lived like 30 lives <laughs> in these short 22 years. So I'm curious, was your channel always called Sincerely Chigiri or did you change your name? So when I first came on the internet, like I said, I was heavily into like my emo phase. You probably see them a little bit now, but back in the day it used to be very popular to have like these name generators. So like, what would be like your punk name? What would it be like your rap name? Like stuff like that. What would be like, I know sometimes in a book community they have like, what would be your book name? With like certain things about yourself compared with certain adjectives. So I used to see that on Tumblr all the time. And I decided I'm gonna do my own. <laughs> This is so cringy. Oh my God. And literally up until a month ago, this was still my URL on YouTube. I just prayed to God that nobody noticed that, that when you would type in my channel, it was Nerd Bomb Burn. Oh, Nerd Bomb Burn? I have no idea what the hell that means. I just, I was like, okay, let me take the word nerd because like I was a nerd and I was like nerd bomb like oh that's so cute like just an explosion of nerdy stuff right and then I don't even know where burn came from like that's I think that's where the depression kicks in because like girl what the hell was that but yeah I was nerd bomb burn that was literally my url until a month ago I promise you after nerd bomb burn I was probably still in middle school maybe early high school when when niggas in paris came out <laughs> with jay-z and kanye west and cray was thrown out I had Cray in all of my names, like on Instagram, on YouTube, and I spelt it with a K. I don't know why. I don't know who I was trying to be. Um, I also, this is probably surprising, I also went by like another name. Like on the internet, I would have it as like Khadijah Cray. Like that was my name. Oh my God. If you look hard enough, you'll find my Tumblr. But yeah, I went by Khadijah Cray on the internet for a little bit. I guess I just like the idea of a little bit of like anonymity being somebody else, but it didn't sit right with me at all because like I said earlier, I came on the internet to be myself. So then when I turned like, I would say 15, 16, I started my Sincerely Tahiri Instagram. Um, I came up with the name Tahiri because as a New Yorker, I was watching Love and Hip Hop New York. Shout out to Tahiri Jose. I saw her name and I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a cute nickname. It's almost my name. I love that. And then Sincerely was, yes, it kind of like rhymes, but um, I, it reminded me of what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be Sincerely Tahiri. I wanted to be myself. So I love that you have that whole backstory to your channel name. Like, I really love your channel name. I, I really do feel like it does reflect the content that you put out. And I love that you've, like, sticked with it over the years. Like, you you created this channel name, like, when you were 15. So it's been a good couple years, and it's you've still stuck to it, which is incredible. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be anybody else, to be honest. Like, I didn't know what else to, <laughs> to call myself. Um, and there is the kind of, like, double entendre of 
the what what the word sincerely means, which is like being sincere, authentic, and real. But then also, I loved how sincerely Tahiri, depending on how you read it, it looks like you know the end of like a book or a journal or whatever. And if you watch my vlogs, like to the end, I always put like sincerely Tahiri in like a pen font or something because I love that as well because I do think that social media and like what I do on YouTube specifically is storytelling no it a hundred percent is storytelling and I absolutely love that aspect of it that's something that I thought about a couple of years ago I think when I first discovered your channel I was like oh sincerely to hear you because she's like telling her story as I would like watch your videos I'm like okay like she she clearly has kind of a message that she's trying to and like a kind of like a moral system that she's trying to stick by I absolutely love that and I think that your your name is important thank you I started my YouTube channel with the name a chapter from Aisha I think I remember that time it's because I started my YouTube channel when I was 15 and when I told my parents they were okay with it but they they were also a little concerned so they're like we don't want you to use your real name on the internet so I was like okay I'll just go with Aisha because Aisha is like an African name and then Aisha is like the Arabic equivalent so I was like, okay, I'll go with Aisha. And at the time, I was like, I want to be like a booktuber and I just want to make content about books. So I'm going to make it a chapter from Aisha. And it was cute. Yeah, it was a moment. But, you know, I just wanted to be known for like my actual name. As you said, I wanted my name to kind of represent my content. And so I made the decision to switch to Ice to Amadou. My mom was so sad because she, she was like, a chapter from Aisha is so cute. But I think also at the time, I just wanted, you know, to have my content, like, be represented by my name. I connect with what you said about, you know, wanting to be known by your own name and, like, owning your name. How do you find a balance between more lifestyle content and book-related content? I know I also try and strike a little bit of a balance. How do you go about that? I'm still trying to figure it out. But I think ultimately I just kind of do what I want to do. Because I do do this full time, it's not as simple as that. It I definitely do have to take my audience into consideration. I have to take um, trends and like what's popular into consideration and also knowing what's going to pick up on the algorithm or at least f crossing my fingers and hoping <laughs> it gets picked up on the algorithm. But even with that, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? What is sitting in my spirit? What do I really want to see? I am going to be 100% honest, even though I care deeply about my audience, I make my videos for me. I will watch my videos a thousand times. I'm like my first 100 views and I have no shame about it. So if I don't like it, it'll be very apparent in the video and then I'm not being true to myself I'm not being honest so I think having those moments where you're like okay objectively I acknowledge that for example I don't know like Dune is really popular because the movie came out and I do want to do a Dune video um but also I want to do like a little vlog like I really want to talk about my life <laughs> you know and having that balance is really important but it's hard so that's why I just try to th stick to what I naturally feel like doing. And if there are moments where I'm posting more fashion content than book content, that's fine. If I'm posting more book content than lifestyle content, that is fine as well because I know the content is good. And I feel like I always tell my audience, subscribe and show up because you want to see me, not because you want to see a certain type of content because I do whatever I want to do. <laughs> so... No, that's really good. I, I feel like I approach YouTube kind of in a similar way, because as you said, 
at the end of the day, if you're not liking the videos you're putting out, like, why are you making videos? Exactly. It's just not going to be something that's going to last for a long time. And I think it just takes away the joy, as you said. It does. So that's how I kind of also approach things. I feel like in the booktube community, there's kind of this thing where if you're not making 100% of your videos about books, you're not a booktuber. But like, who cares about labels? at the end of the day. I feel that way all the time. <laughs> it's very hard for me to exist in all of the niches that I do because I sometimes will put the pressure on myself of being in a certain label or fully identifying with a certain category. But honestly, the beauty of talking about different things and just putting uh, so many of your passions onto your channel is you get to show up however you want to. And there are always going to be people that want to watch it. This is actually my advice to a lot of my booktube friends. When you're too niche, it's hard for you to stand out. You know what I'm saying? I could not agree more. When I first started, I was just making videos about books. and I just got to a certain point where I was like, I'm not feeling fulfilled with my content anymore. And I know that like I can I can bring more to the table in my videos. So why wouldn't I? Yeah. And how many ways can people truly, truly grow with just talking about books and not just talking about books, but specifically I'm talking about like wrap ups and hauls. Where's the growth? Where's the creativity? Where's where's any of the things that make YouTube interesting? exactly it's just like okay you spent a hundred dollars on some books congratulations <laughs> like, speaking of kind of other hobbies how did you get into modeling mm, modeling was very accidental like i used to take pictures of myself in middle school kind of when i was coming out of my depressed uh years i mean i still go through depression but out of like my deep deep depression and i had made a decision in like my what is that, eighth grade? I was gonna say my senior year of middle school. What the hell is that? <laughs> in like eighth grade, I decided that I wanted to work on learning to love myself. I wanted to like stop self-harming self and X, Y, and Z. So I just started taking like kind of creative pictures of myself. If you watch like my how I got into modeling, modeling Q&A video, I have some in there. It's low-key cringy as hell. But then going into high school. No, everyone go watch it. It's, it's so cringy. But um, going into high school, like I said, I was always a creative person. So I auditioned for a lot of like dance and music programs in school. I ended up in a music program. So there was always somebody in my high school walking around with a camera, you know, like somebody wanted to take pictures of something. So I used to take pictures with some of the kids in my high school. And then at, at like 17, 18, when I really started posting consistently on my Instagram, I got reached out to do some small shoots with like small black owned businesses or like Muslim businesses. I did a few like local hijabi talent, well, fashion shows. And then was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. I got my key soul care shoe. I was scouted for that. Kind of changed everything. I didn't know what I was expecting. I also did not know that that was Alicia Keys brand. Like they did not tell us until it, I didn't find out until the world found out. But um, I was really feeling very nervous the day of that shoe. I almost canceled, but I was like, you know what, Tahira, just go. And when I went, I was so just like blown away. Cause you know, they say like life imitates art. But walking into that set, I literally saw like all of my Instagram pictures up there. Like they had 
picked out outfits based off of things that I had worn. They had styled my hijab based off of ways that I did. Like they did graphic liners because they loved seeing it on my page. And it was a really empowering moment for me to see that I could influence art. That me being black, being Muslim, being plus size, like having my weird eclectic style that I could influence so much that this whole entire shoe, obviously not the whole thing, but that they felt need for somebody like me. And so I was like, okay, maybe, maybe there's space for me there. I fell in love with being in front of the camera. It reminded me of my years of dancing and performing. And so literally when I do my photo shoots, I like play music and it's a fun time. I don't necessarily hold it to the same degree as my social media stuff, but I feel like it's a visual way for me to do everything that I want to do and still show up how I want to show up. So even if like you can't watch my videos or you can't hear my words, just looking online or inshallah in the future looking at a billboard and seeing my face i would hope that other hijabis other black girls other chubby girls would look at that and be like wow i can do that she did that and i love modeling it's fun it's a fun time it's a cute little bag and there's definitely a lot more acceptance nowadays i didn't feel like i could be a model i didn't even know that people thought that i was or somebody that looked like me was desirable or beautiful enough to model anything. So it's definitely been a very humbling and affirming experience. I love that. And I love what you said that you kind of stumbled into modeling because that's how you know like it is just something authentic and that it does come second nature to you. It's something that not everyone has like I've had a little experience because I did like a PacSun photo shoot once yes that was so cute <laughs> it was I will say like modeling is not my forte I have other skill sets you look so good though thank you so much and I think it is so nice to be able to as a black Muslim be able to see someone who looks like me in these spaces I don't know if you've seen that one like that one poster in Target but every time I see it like it warms my heart it's like of this black Muslim hijabi woman videotaping like her little baby like I cannot tell you how much joy that brings me that's one of the things that I've loved about discovering new hijabi bloggers on Instagram and even TikTok because it's, it's just something about feeling seen feeling like I have a community as someone who live so far away from my family back home and who can feel very isolated isolated from the community it's so nice to feel represented I love that I feel the same way like I see so many black hijabi models that I don't even second guess sometimes the idea that we deserve a spot in this space or even that we are high fashion we are beauty like we bring the same thing to the table and I love that my little sister will never have to feel like, oh, I've never seen somebody like me on a big screen or on a billboard. Like you can literally go into any major retailer, any major store, any website and see somebody that is modest and beautiful and melanated. And I love that. And one of the aspects that I love about your content is that there is that level of representation. I personally feel represented by it. So how do you stay motivated to constantly create content that empowers the Black Muslim community because it is definitely, there is like a level of responsibility. I think I just was very intentional about coming into this space. I 
grew up watching YouTube, like I said, and I've seen the Jackie Inas and like I said, the Dina Tokyos, and I've seen people really make careers out of this thing. And I knew that that's what I wanted. I can't even say necessarily like a career, but I knew that I want that this was the easiest way for me to do what I was called to do. And so I take the term influencer very seriously. Like I'm not somebody that was like, oh my God, don't hold me accountable because nobody told you to follow me. Like I never planned to be an influencer. Every step of the way, I was very intentional about wanting to curate an audience and wanting to be a good influence. Um, like I said before, I have a younger sister, so she is definitely on the front of my mind and a lot of the content that I make. But it's a need. I see that my community needs it online and offline. So I know that if I don't do it, it'll just continue to breed, you know, uncertainty, insecurity, depression, and so many other things in Muslim women that I don't want other women to go through. It's hard because, like I said before, just being highly marginalized, a minority and a minority and a minority. But Allah gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. So, you know, I show up when I can and I do what I need to do. And it's been a beautiful journey. It's been very validating. And until I get any signs that I'm supposed to do something else, y'all will see me. I will be here. As you should. No, I agree. It is definitely a burden, but it is an important burden. And it's something that needs to be had. And my hopes you know, as someone who's in like the content creation space as a black Muslim woman, is that hopefully there will be more creators that look like us so that their voices can be heard. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the black, the black community, the Muslim community, all of these intersections, we're not monoliths. So we can't, you know, sit here and like represent an entire group and speak to an entire group. Exactly. It is truly about all of us. It's not just about one or two people getting some success. Like I am so here for supporting smaller creators and helping people out and sharing advice or sharing what I've learned and just also encouraging and sharing the amazing things that I see other creators do because who wants to be at the top by themselves? Like what is the point of success if nobody around you looks like you if nobody around you comes from where you come from like you you succeeded by whose standards you know I never try and look at anyone in the content creation space as competition especially people that look like you for that exact reason you want your community to be uplifted as a group you don't want to be that person that represents your group because that's a really horrible position to be in it's a lot and it doesn't have to exist because like you said there are so many of us it doesn't have to be one when there's literally millions of black muslims <laughs> you know so as you've mentioned you've had some amazing opportunities mashallah from being a part of alicia key's campaign to shooting with brown girl magazine what advice do you have for smaller creators trying to find big opportunities i would say number one is research a lot of people are accidentally getting discovered or gaining success in the social media and the modeling world. Like I said, I randomly got scouted. But there is a certain level of intentionality that we as, especially if you are a person of color or highly marginalized, that you have to have in this space because you are not going to be afforded the same opportunities as somebody else. If you don't believe in yourself and you don't know what you know, to negotiate, what to ask for, what's a good price, what, 
is common. What's not common? You are going to be severely, severely disadvantaged and it's going to be hard for you to find success. So I'm somebody that I, there's a lot of people I just follow just to study. I study their page. I study um, even their interactions with their audience, how they show up for organic and sponsored content. And it's very empowering. I've also like read some books. I've paid for some seminars. If you are a brown or black person of color, then I highly suggest following every stylish girl and every stylish girl biz. They post like advice and also opportunities for women of color in like the digital fashion media space. That's also where I found my job at BuzzFeed. So shout out to them. I really like the CCNYC. They also post jobs and tips and advice and even like rates and salary exposés, I guess, in the creative space. So just having that knowledge can make you feel very confident. Unfortunately, as creatives, we've been taught that creating is not a real job, even though people are making real money from it and you do have to sign real legal documents. Like people have convinced us, oh, this is just for fun. Girl, it's not. Do your research. Um, and also believe in yourself. You are going to be downplayed, lowballed, second guessed, and overlooked every step of the way. That is just the name of the game. That is just what it is. And so if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't show up for yourself, if you don't ask for, I don't know, 5K, if you don't ask for to be considered for this opportunity, if you don't ask that brand for their email, then you most likely will not get it. It's sad, it's annoying, and even I have to deal with this a lot because I am so, you know, an introvert and can be very shy and have a lot of anxiety, but you have to believe in yourself because nobody else will. Wow. You you really just gave all the advice. You gave the creator kit that anyone needs to start becoming a content creator. <laughs> I definitely do think research is so so important because you as a small creator you can really get taken advantage of if you're not careful by everybody I want to add like unfortunately some of the brands that I feel like have disrespected me and tried to play me the most are Muslim owned brands it's sad but that's the reality so you do truly have to know your worth and knowledge is power you know knowing what is I guess the standard or knowing even certain languages, you know, I was in school for um, law once upon a time. So even knowing certain legal terms and stuff like that, you feel empowered and you get to make decisions from a place of that power, not from, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I could have gotten, I don't know, $10,000 for this thing that I did for 200, you know? You have to really put in the work and the effort not just in like creating the actual content, but also like learning about the industry because it is an industry and it's growing and people are making money off of it. So if you don't educate yourself, like you could end up in a, a situation where you are taken advantage of. Yeah, and you deserve to be successful for your art and you deserve to be paid and treated according to the greatness that you bring to the table, period. Like your value as somebody, whether you be a person of color, whether you be a woman, whether you be queer, whether you be Muslim, whatever that is, you're just as deserving and sometimes, if not more, of whatever success that other people have. So what is your favorite and least favorite part about being a content creator? My favorite part is I get to do all of my creative stuff as like a job. That's something I will never get over. And it's truly a blessing in itself because, you know, as somebody who deals with a lot of anxiety, is also like neurodiverse, it can be hard to be in a very 
stereotypical job environment. So being able to like be my own boss, make my own schedule and truly be creative is a blessing. My least favorite part is that I sometimes hate the internet. Like I very much hate other people's opinions a lot of the time. I'm there for my audience, but you can't control where the internet puts your stuff. That's why I hate TikTok. TikTok is known for putting a video onto a side of the internet that it does not belong. So yeah, that's the worst part. Cause you know, I have anxiety. I'm naturally, I feel like introverted until you get to know me. So I just don't like people. <laughs> so that's the downside. <laughs> I just don't like people. I don't like people. I, I swear I, I'm trying to work on it. But as a collective, I I don't at all. <laughs> okay, well, I have to agree with you on the favorite part. On the least favorite part, I think mine is, um, it doesn't happen super often because I feel like I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing this. But I think my least favorite aspect is like when I get in my head about numbers. It really is the worst, you know, feeling on the planet. You just have to remind yourself that like algorithms exist. And at the end of the day, the work that you're putting in creatively is not going to reflect in your num- your growth numbers wise. No, it's it's unfortunate, but that is truly the reality. I forgot who said this quote, but I've been quoting it a lot recently. Um, and the quote was basically that black women are born in a crooked room and then the world blames us for trying to survive in the world that's crooked. And it's the same thing with social media. It is an algorithm and even scientifically you can talk about how racist some of the technology is behind algorithms and how they purposely suppress or support things that are either deemed as problematic or inappropriate and all of that ties back to racism respectability politics islamophobia fat phobia etc so you have to know that like you said there is sometimes no way that your work is going to be reflected in that but the one tip that I use to get myself out of that is instead of tying my worth to my numbers I tie it to how committed I was to do something and to get it done the fact that you show up every day or however you show up on your platforms your social media or if you have other forms of art that in itself is something to be celebrated even if nobody else sees it and maybe now is not your time but it definitely will be your time in the future because things are changing it sucks right now but I think as a collective we're shifting what we're expecting from the internet. People want more authenticity. People want people they can relate to on the internet. And so I think there's power in that. Yes, I love I love everything you said. And I can't agree more. Um, I think, remember that like, even if your video doesn't do well in the moment, that all your content lives kind of on the internet forever. People will see your hard work, your videos down the line. That you, you really have to just shift you're focused from the numbers to kind of the work you put in and the end result of what you end up creating. So do you have a favorite social media platform? We've already established that I hate TikTok, but um, my, my favorite platform is definitely YouTube. It's the one I've been on the longest and it's the one I see myself on the longest. Even Instagram is purposely messing itself up because of Facebook, but I love YouTube. I feel like it's truly is a place for creators to grow it's the platform you have the most autonomy you have the most control um you can make i feel like the most success long-term success 
on YouTube. Um, you have the most, like I said earlier, autonomy. Even the fact that, you know, your videos are going to live on the internet for forever. You get monetized on your videos. I literally know people who used to, not personally, but there's YouTubers that I used to follow back in the day that are now, I don't know, actors or whatever, and they still make a good amount of money off their YouTube videos from like five, six years ago. So I love that. And I'm a talker, if you can't tell. I like to talk a lot. And I also love aesthetics and putting things together. And so YouTube is a place where I don't have to sacrifice any of that. And also it's easier on YouTube, it's easier on YouTube not to compare yourself to other people. Sure, you have like random recommendations, but for the most part on your YouTube feed, you're shown the people that you're subscribed to and the recommendations are usually spot on on YouTube. Like I'm really not feeling insecure when I'm on YouTube because I'm like, oh, this is dope. Like I like it. Whereas on Instagram, you'd be like, girl, who is that? I didn't ask to see her. Now I'm feeling insecure. Now I feel like I need to go on a diet. Now I feel like I don't know how to dress. Like YouTube is so chill. Oh my gosh. And I know it's weird right now for me to say that because TikTok is taking over the world. But I think the people right now that are doing what they need to do on YouTube, when the TikTok frenzy is over and Instagram dies <laughs> because it likes to be stupid, YouTube will always be around. I agree. I feel like there is such a consistency with YouTube. I personally, like being a content creator on YouTube, I love the aspect of like, it feels like I'm making my own little movies. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. Like it really is such a fruitful process. And as a consumer, I'm just such a huge fan of like longer form content. There's so much to be gained and learned from YouTube. Whereas on Instagram, like it's a great app. Don't get me wrong. And I spend a lot of time on Instagram, but I feel like YouTube, it's like, you're getting glimpses into people's lives. You you can learn about a new religion on YouTube. You can learn how to build something. Like there's just so much out there on YouTube that is so valuable. Yeah, I feel like YouTube is everything, whereas other platforms you get a little bit. Like on Instagram, you kind of just get pictures or you get those short videos. TikTok, it's just the short videos. YouTube, you literally get everything. So where can the listeners find you? Shout out all your social medias and I will have like all these links in the show notes so that they can go find you. Um, you can find me anywhere on the internet at Sincerely Tahiri. TikTok is Sincerely Tahiri with two Ys. Don't ask me why there are two Ys, but there are. Um, but yeah, YouTube, Sincerely Tahiri. Instagram, Sincerely Tahiri. Also, Goodreads for my readers out there. I do be writing reviews sometimes. I spit a little something, something. So yeah, follow me at Sincerely Tahiri. I'll be there. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. I feel like I learned so much from you. Um, along with all of the other listeners. Thanks for having me. I really do look up to you and I feel like I always learn a lot from your content. So I really appreciate it. That means so much to me. I'm so happy that you can learn from me. I love your content and I love just being able to like know there are, are other Black Muslim girls out here doing the damn thing. Like even this podcast, it's so dope. I'm so proud. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to follow Tahiri on all of her other social handles. And you can also find all of the relevant links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. I would love to hear any feedback you guys have. So make sure to rate and review this podcast. You can leave a review on the podcast app. And as usual, I will be sharing kind reviews on the podcast Instagram weekly. Speaking of, make sure to follow the podcast Instagram. If you're not already following it, you definitely don't want to miss out on being a part of the community. And if you are not already, subscribe and share this podcast with anyone you think would benefit from it. 
I look forward to chatting with you all next time. Bye.